grab a cup of joe and gather round the hay bale with your hosts alicia from country mama musings casey from ormsby farms casey from boots and bounty homestead lisa from yogi hollow farm and monica from bland's promised land ranch now here they are hey y'all hey Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Round the Hay Bale. I'm Alicia. I'm Casey. I'm Casey. I'm Lisa. And I'm Monica. Welcome back to the Hay Bale. We are so thankful that y'all have stuck with us through our entire first season of Around the Hay Bale. Yeah, and we are super, super humbled by all of y'all that, that have given us support throughout this first season. And to end season one off right, we have one of the powerhouses behind the American Crafted Catalog here today and a dear friend of all of ours on the panel, Nikki from Five Dog Farm. So excited. Yes, so how was everybody's and- week? <laughs> I was just going to say, before we get into that with Nikki, how was everyone's week? Um, Monica, how was your week? Well, we had a very lovely week here. It was mild weather, and we went on Saturday to pick up a huge pork order from the processor. And let me tell you, there is no meat shortage. Let me just tell you that, okay? Um, If you go to your local processor, you're going to find there is not a meat shortage. But I will get to that later because we're putting out a video on that soon. But anyway, we went and picked up our pork and I am super excited because we have so much meat in our freezer now. And that's giving me lots of ideas how I want to put that in my pantry. But we were able to use it because we um, not only did we pick up the pork, but we had to go get more hay. Eric didn't... um, didn't expect the hay that we got for the season. We buy a lot of hay for our cattle over the um, fall season to be ready for the winter. And we're down to like six bales. Six bales of hay is not going to get us through the rest of this winter. And so when we went and picked up our pork on Saturday, I'm going to tell you how these two things are related. We caught up a friend who has hay. And I said, hey, I've got pork. You've got hay. How about a barter? And so we were able to barter for eight bales of hay And I paid over half of that cost with the pork. So it made me super excited because I'm not just spending money that, you know, I've got put away for extra hay that I wasn't preparing for this year. So we went and got extra eight bales of hay. So Saturday was a really long day for Eric because he went out to go pick up the pork with me. And then we went out and picked up the hay. But I feel a little bit more prepared for the last few weeks of the like colder season that we're going to need hay for the animals. So we had a really productive Saturday and it was really awesome. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So how was your week, Miss Lisa? It was good. It was good. But I just wanted to say like, I'm glad that you were able to find hay, you know, because the big thing is we all get hay ahead of time. You know, and I know that's one of the challenges for us because we, first of all, we don't know how much we're going to go through, right? Yeah. This is our first year. Um, We just picked up our second bale on Friday and it's just, you know, we're lucky. We have somebody local that we told them, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, every two months we're probably going to need a bale. And so luckily we were able to get it, but large quantities like yourself, it's challenging, you know? Yeah. We're very fortunate to have made friends with people 
and made those connections to know that we can grab hay. And we checked with them ahead of time and said, how many bales are you going to have? How many do you have for the rest of the season? So we kind of had an, a leg up on that. We knew, but the hay that we got earlier in the season, we got a lot of it. And, um, he was empty. That was it. And the bad thing is, is that a lot of the hay, because it was only the first and only cut of the season last year, it is so full of sticks. And um, the the cows are eating about half the hay bale and then they're leaving it. Yeah. And so it's really, it's been a very interesting winter so far. And it's so much waste out there. So we're trying to figure out how I can use it. I'm going to use some of that in my garden this, winter, this spring because I've got to use it. It'll go back into the ground out there, but I really want to make it worth our money because we paid for that. And, um, yeah, it's very helpful to, uh, make sure you're looking at your hay through the season too, because if we hadn't looked at it and really taken a look at what they were eating, we wouldn't know that there was so much waste out there. We would just, you know, keep leaving it until we saw that the bale was gone, but we're noticing they're leaving almost half a bale. It's really sad. It is sad, especially at the price of hay. You know, I know that when I went to pick up ours, I told them, I said, look, I may need one more bale before the pastures grow in. I said, so, you know, I'll leave you a deposit. And they, you know, they said to me, no worries, no worries. This is yes. third cut uh, alfalfa from Nebraska. Um, and luckily they have family members and they have it here. So mm-hmm. it worked out good that we had it. Um, That's but good. yeah, I mean, so I, we ended up, um, I ended up finishing the hay crib that I built and we got a bale of hay and put it on there. I, released a video this morning on it, which was really cool. Uh, cause I, Monica and Eric got to see it Friday night. Um, but it was funny. Ryan ended up pushing a 900 pound bale off the truck and that was not what I expected. I thought we were going to pull it with the chain like we usually do. So it was pretty cool, but it was funny because when it landed, I was very worried about, uh, the sides coming off. You know, and I was funny. I looked at it and I said to Ryan, I said, not bad, huh? The side didn't come off. It took it, took a hit. <laughs> but you're like, I did good. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it worked out really good because I finished it and I show that in the video. But the good part <laughs> is, is the old bale, I, the, I made a cozy restaurant for the deer apparently because it was right next to the horse trailer. When we went to move the old bale off, they had made a hole in it because they were enjoying it so much. But I'll leave the to be determined if it's working now. But uh, and then we put Sherman, who, uh, if you're listening in, Sherman is our Cooney Cooney boar, and we put him in with the ladies. There was a lot of action, but not the right action going on for breeding. So Sherman ended up nesting and fell asleep. He didn't even do anything. <laughs> um, but bored that, easily. What's that? He got bored easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we got everybody all situated and then we got them back in their own, in their own places. And uh, we went ice fishing on Saturday and then Ryan went back and went ice fishing on Sunday. I stayed back because we were expecting very cold temps for the next five days. So I was cleaning coops, washing waters, you know, all that stuff to prepare for the storm to make it easier to keep everybody warm and happy. So it was a beautiful day because we got, I got a lot done. So, but it was, it was a really nice weekend. How about you, Alicia? 
took me a second to unmute there. Apologies, guys. Oh, gosh, we had a pretty busy week here on the farm. You know, I have really been into canning uh, my beans in my new Nesco electric pressure canner. And, you know, sometimes kind of like when you go out to an all you can eat buffet, sometimes your stomach is or your head, your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you're really load up. Um, I went to the store and it's like, okay, well, I should be able to process 16 pounds of pinto beans and 20 pounds of, of little white navy beans. So I have all these beans. Well, you don't realize when you're only using a half a cup per quart jar, it takes forever to go through those beans, especially when you're only doing four quarts at a time. So I've been canning. It's really nice though with that canner because I just kind of fill up the jars with my two ingredients, top them off with water and throw them in and the Nesco does the rest. So I'm really enjoying that. I cannot recommend that canner enough. So I've gotten a lot of canning done. We were really getting prepared for our big weekend because we had our first big outing since um, forever, since forever. I was so excited about it. We were able to go up to Clear Lake, Iowa, and we went to the Color of the Wind Kite Festival, which if you've never seen it, don't look it up now because I'll be dropping a video later this week. You could see all of my beautiful footage. We went out onto a frozen lake and as we're walking, there are cracks in the lake and Jim and I are both, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust this because there are some pretty big fissures in the lake. And I walked by this elderly gentleman. I said, does this concern you at all? He says, honey, you're standing on 20 inches of solid ice. You're not going anywhere. Um, cars are pulled out there and ice shanties. And Lisa, you would be so proud of me. I did not go up and bother anybody in their ice shanties like I was so tempted to do. I'm really but, glad. And, and by you. the way, that mayor resigned. I heard. <laughs> I heard. So um, my reputation is safe. I can now go back later and maybe um, approach some ice shanties without the fear of incarceration. But beautiful, beautiful kites were out there this year. And the highlight of my day was I was speaking with a woman and there was this big, beautiful Chinese dragon kite. It must have been 50, 60 foot long. And I had mentioned something to her about that she was sitting in good company. She had a little Yoshi kite from Mario Brothers. It was just this little purple dinosaur with red boots. And she's next to this big, gigantic Chinese dragon. I said, well, your little dragon's a good company. And she says, go talk to that man and tell him I told you to go fly a kite. So I walked up to him. I said, that lady told me to go fly a kite. And he said, let's go. I was able to actually take the, the tether and control that big, huge, giant dragon. It was amazing. But the wind was so strong that I really felt it was going to pick me up and fling me to my demise. Um, but it was such a thrill, even though it was probably only maybe 20 feet off the ground. But I got to fly it. I would sway back and forth just using my body weight. And that dragon just swayed in the wind. It was beautiful. And when I was all done and thanked him, he said, now go get a picture. And he, he towed that line all the way to the top of that dragon so it would come down to the ground. And I got to stand in front of it and take pictures. That was the highlight of my day. I had so much fun, but it was so great to be out on the ice with Papa Jim. We spent all day doing that. I don't know how much I walked. I walked a lot. Um, 
But when we got home that night, like my hip flexors hurt, my feet hurt. We did a lot of walking and uh, it was just a really great day. We look forward to it all year long. And I'm happy to announce it's actually my first vlogging experience for travel because we actually did quite a bit of footage for that. So that'll be coming out this week. I'm really excited about that. I learned a lot about what not to do with my videotaping, with my recording. So I've got a lot of growth to experience there. But then Saturday we woke up, it was another beautiful day. We were expecting temperatures in the fifties. And I thought, what are we going to do? And I was trying to come up with something more to do, but poor Papa Jim was so exhausted. So we ended up getting all dressed up just to go to Wally World. Yay. But we did go on a nature hike and uh, we walked about a mile and a half on a nature trail yesterday. And that was just beautiful. So it was a great way to wrap up our week because as Lisa says, she's expecting a harsh week weather-wise and I'm right down the road from Lisa. So it's blow blowing our direction. And as of tonight, I think at six o'clock, we're going to be under winter weather advisory. So we'll be hunkered down again for another week of really low temperatures and a lot of snow. And you know what that means? More canning beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting the snow started here um, a little while ago, and we're expecting three to five. I'm mm -hmm. hoping it's a lot more than that. You but guys need I, the precipitation. Yeah, but as I always say, I'll, I will take feet and feet and feet of snow over the sub-zero cold. <laughs> I am not That's leaving true. the house today except for chores and extra feeding. Same here. I'm no, Alicia, when you... When you do your next video on canning beans, will you sing the tune with you when you're doing it? Beans, you know, the beans, tune, the, the, the one. Fruit. Yeah, exactly. The There's so many variations. Eat. The more you. Hey, Casey at Ormsby Farms, how was your week? <laughs> I always see, I, I Alicia, friend. Yes, I love. loved your, I loved your pictures with Papa Jim. I was looking it up to see if it was Chinese New Year. Oh, was isn't it? that a beautiful dragon? For okay. those of you was that, listening, was that a blonde comment? I think that was a blonde comment. But no, I it was. Not... Two weeks ago. Okay, so I'm not that yeah. far off. Yeah, blonde yeah. comment. <laughs> I was about to say, don't kill me in the comments, y'all. But I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, friend is going to Chinese New Year, and then. <laughs> It was just a dragon, but no, well, it's not it, just a dragon. It's a dragon. I flew. I know. I the pictures were gorgeous, so y'all definitely need to check out the video because the pictures were beautiful. I'm uh, trying to this, work some editing magic. But, uh, well, I don't know. Can't remember what TV show that was for people. I dream like, of genie. Oh, I, I dream of genie. Um, but yeah, no, um, enjoyed the pictures. We were busy, busy this week. We were at the farm, uh, Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> um, which were never there two days in a row. And we've decided as a family, we're going back up for a week and we're going to stay at the farm for a week. The coming up in two days with no Wi-Fi, no cable, just us and all the crap this woman left at the house. <laughs> You're gonna, gonna love it. Time. I know. I'm excited. I'm I, not to sound like an old granny, but I'm taking my knitting stuff, and I've downloaded some books on my Kindle. So I'm going to. Um, we're actually pulling the camper up there, and it's going to permanently be up there now officially. So uh, I know because I'll be up there. So it's finally starting to feel like I'm gonna be a homesteader. Yay. I'm gonna be a real homesteader soon enough. Um, but yeah, that was our weekend of 
prepping the plants and I'm going to be starting veggies here. I've been bugging the heck out of, I think all of y'all plus Nikki, our guest today on when to start <laughs> plant seeds and starting up that. But besides that, not too much. How about you, Twinsy? Twinsy lady boots. Well, I have enjoyed a peaceful week. Not much going on. Um, I did finish up my soil test last night that I will be sending out today because I did check and our post office is open. So we are going to be sending that out today. And um, as far as the week goes, we haven't done a whole heck of a lot. I have still been fighting them pesty bugs, whatever they are. (laughs) I don't know what they are, but I have a video coming out about that. Um, I'm still fighting them and I have, I've actually put an eviction notice in on those plants. They are outside. They are fixing to get planted in the ground today. We've got rain coming in for the next four days. So then bugs can go outside and drown for all I care because I'm tired of them being in my house. (laughs) Okay, see, when I have an infestation like that, it's usually my in-laws. So when you figure out what the trick is, let me know. Right. Well, I've chased them out of the house with with soap spray and all kinds of it, nothing that I've done has worked. I've even tried to break the life cycle at the least, and I still haven't haven't been able to figure out how to do that yet. So I've got all those plants that I'm actually going to plant today before the rain comes in tonight about six o'clock. So shortly either it's going to be at lunchtime or it's going to be right after work. We're going outside throwing all those plants in the ground. I would have put them on the front lawn. Do what? I would have thrown them on the front lawn. That's my tradition around here. When the plants or the in-laws? The plants. No, the in-laws, I don't want them in the house. But like vacuums die, they get thrown ceremoniously on the front lawn. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, the plant, the bugs aren't hurting the plants. And that's what's really weird. They, this is just, they're going through a life cycle on my plants, but they're not eating them. They're not bothering them whatsoever. And so that's why I can't figure out what they are. But anyways, they're going outside. They belong outside. And that's where they're going today. So I've got that video coming out. I've got the soil testing video coming out soon. And I've got a ton of cooking videos coming out. Um, So it's fixing to pick up around here. But this week had been, it's been really nice. Just chilling for a little bit and kind of getting my grouping back together. Wonderful. Hey, y'all, thanks for joining us in the chat here at Round the Hay Bale. We are shooting this episode live for prod. I can never say that word. Podcast distribution. So the hosts are not going to be able to answer all of your questions from the chat. So if you have any questions, please tag one of our mods and use the capital Q to ask your question. You have heard us each week talk about the American Crafted Catalog, and today we have Nikki here to talk about how it started. We are also talking homesteading with the off-grid gal herself. So y'all, please welcome to the hay bale, Miss Nikki from Five Dog Farm. Hi everybody. Hello. Good to see you all. It's windy there. Yes, of course, typical. It started about five minutes ago. So <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Don't blame it on my beans. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing when you were talking about that, Alicia, because it's so true. It's like, oh, this will go in no time. And then when you're doing pints, it's years. Yeah. <laughs> Even quarts. I've, I've, I've graduated up to filling up my quart jars, but you only use one <laughs> cup of beans for the whole quart. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do a rebel method. <laughs> They're still it. dry, so they're little, you know, it just takes forever to fill them up. But For I'm sure. having a good time doing that. Good. Very good. <laughs> so, Nikki, tell us, what's going on with American Crafted Catalog? Well, it was a really cool thing, um, and definitely not on anybody's horizon. Um, Brandy over at uh, Farm and Animals on Instagram had just sort of thrown out a question asking, is there any place actually did uh, offer their wares, whether it was breeders or makers or crafters or what have you, looking for soaps and candles and, and clothing and, and, you know, the list goes on of what homesteaders are capable of. And um, a bunch of us jumped on it and said, you know, come to think of it, no, there's really not a singular place that you could go to just to find that. Um, so a battery of uh, tech. Uh, got together and they all had the necessary key to be able to pull this off. We've got a couple of graphics people. We, we have um, people who understand the background of pulling together the digital catalog. Um, I love doing PR and graphics and things like that. Beth is extremely good at things like that. And Britt and Rachel are the... Uh, the brains behind getting that catalog that you see actually done. Um, and we had it in 30 days. We had that catalog up and running on Instagram. So it was, uh, I think it was an idea whose time had come. And for some reason it was put in our laps to easily to come together to do it. So it's really exciting. And I have to say, Nikki, for those who haven't downloaded their copy of American Crafted Catalog, we have a QR code here, and you can go download your very own copy. I was actually so blessed here at Ormsby Farm to be, uh, I was reached out to by Nikki and was told about this, and our products are in the catalog. Yes, it is are. a fabulous catalog of not only just soaps and candles, but there's people that sell their quilts, their crocheting, their um, seeds for flowers. They sell honey. They sell services. There's a home chef in there who actually is in Georgia, who I'm going to be stalking very soon. Um, <laughs> and it's just, I just think it's such a wonderful catalog. So we appreciate you, Nikki and Brandy and all of the crew for creating, you know, such an amazing catalog for homesteaders to well, kind of thank you. gather and us if, even together. who is on Instagram, Instagram goes to American Crafted Catalog. Um, if you go into the bio there, you'll find the link to either download the catalog or you can go into it. And on the second page, if you're a maker, a crafter, or a breeder, you sell eggs or pigs or llamas or what have you, um, click that link and apply because the new catalog will be coming out later this year. So if you, if you get in early enough, the nice thing is There'll be a little bit more time to get it put together. What we're what we're hoping doesn't happen is at the very end a bunch of people try to funnel in and then we're kind of pushed to get this going. But I mean we started out with I think about 80, 80 pages. Um so I don't I don't know where we're gonna go this year, but I, I hope it's bigger. It definitely will be. I know it will be. Good. 
That is so cool. That's such a cool thing. You know, we sell meat here in Texas, but because our USDA is a Texas, it's like a state, uh, it's a state regulated. So it's not that I'm really selling outside of the state. It's about selling inside. So for us, we were looking for something that we could go to where I could go to one place and say, where can I find you know, meat for sale. So that's something I've been looking for here because I need to know where in Texas, because I'm not, I would rather buy it from somewhere local here. Where can I go to buy pork and beef and chicken and whatever meat I want to find here? And it's hard to find those types of resources that pull people together, even if it's just locally. So I've been searching for that over the past few weeks here um, to find something on that, on that level here for like just buying meat and buying that food that you need, even if it's canned goods, because I'd rather buy from someone that's been helping can or do those things themselves than, than the grocery store, because the grocery store is running out in certain areas, but your people that are around you aren't necessarily running out. So um, you know, it's just not the cool thing. About that Monica, you're right. Is with the catalog, not only is it in the different divisions of we've got the you know, house home and household, we've got live breeders, we've got, um, the other sections that are there. It also tells you the state. So if you're in Texas and you're wanting to find pork in Texas, you just go to breeders and you start looking at the state. It's alphabetical. People are put in by their state and you will find the people you need. And right now, I think that's really important. I mean, thank goodness for people like you and everybody else who's doing their own food. You were talking earlier that you don't see it. There's not a shortage because we're all out here creating Mm -hmm. it, making it happen. And we're creating good food stuff that you don't mind giving your family things that aren't full of things you shouldn't be having. So I, I, um, I'm really excited about this year. I'm hoping we see more food in the catalog because I think it's, I think it's become a very big deal very soon. Well, that's good. I think maybe Lisa and I, we're going to have to go in there as breeders then for our our hogs. That'd be great. Because, you know, know. I I noticed over in the chat that, that there was a comment that it is a must-have catalog. I want to let everybody know, click on that QR code. You'll have everything you need so that you can get a hold of this catalog and download it for yourself. And it sounds like it's really moving and growing, Nikki. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It, it is. It's um, and, and the thing is that we're... We're charting new territory, so we none of us are – we're not really good rule followers. So that works well for us in the fact that we're, we're happy to have it expand in, in whatever organic way it chooses to. Um, and and the, the, the most important part, the most important part is, is for the homesteaders because this is hard. <laughs> this is – you know, I <laughs> – 16 years ago, when Mr. Blue Jeans and I decided we wanted to do this, I had a, a little motion picture in my mind. And it, it wasn't chicken coops with curtains and things like that, although, gosh, that'd be great. Um, mine's just dirty. Um, but it was it was different than the reality of, of the whole process. And I'm loving the nitty gritty and the challenge because I'm an extremely stubborn person. So if I have a challenge, um, that makes me happy. But um what I'm learning is don't ever give up. And definitely when you're first starting out in homesteading, getting help, whether it's through a catalog to sell your wares to make money to feed those animals um, or finding groups like you, watching you homestead YouTubers, finding your people on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is. There's one thing I never had in my thoughts would be on social media that I would find not only more information, which I certainly need to this day, 
but people who are so supportive behind the scenes are going, how are you doing? I mean, I, I get texts from you guys, like, uh, every once in a while I'll hear, you know, Casey or Lisa or what have you. Hey, how's it going? Or asking a question, which makes you feel good as a homesteader. Gosh, they must think I, you know, they must think I'm doing good here. That's all fabulous. It's such a, an amazing network. I never in a million years would have thought, gosh, I like social media to come out of homesteading. Never. Me too. I never thought in a million years. And, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, you make like lifelong friends through social, because we're all in different states. But I feel like, especially the women that are on the screen today with y'all, I have made friends that you may never meet them, but it's like, oh my God, that's my sister. That's, that's one of my deep, deep good friends. And to find that through a homesteading community that's so supportive of each other and so um, ready to help and give, I mean, I, I just, I'm lost for words. And y'all know I'm never lost for words. Okay, so you're absolutely right. I ended up kind of falling in with somebody who I consider to be my brother now um, for, through Instagram. Um, and I'm an only child, so it was kind of cool to have that connection. It was Richie at Grow, Build, Raise. Mm -hmm. um, he, I just don't have words. It's that, you know, it's that one person that you find that you click with and you connect. And he, I, if, if he needs anything, he knows he can call me and I'll, I'll be where he's at in four and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's just... It's stupendous to me that you can have that kind of connection and it, and it's very true you've got your sisters and you know it's it, and i found people local too the other dilemma with being a homesteader is having the time to go and see them yeah it's you know it's difficult but when you do get together there's just so much information that you want to share and get and it's um i wish there was some kind of a place where we could all meet up in in person but you know this is fabulous too yeah I was picking Monica's brain yesterday. I mean, Monica has, and Eric have just been so helpful with the whole pig situation. And, and Monica was ready to do a call. And I was just like, well, we'll just let it go for today. I mean, because if it's not happening, what do I need to call her for? It's Sunday and a family day, you know, but there's, there's Monica and Eric, you know, offering up to do a video call so we can talk about some things and it's just so super helpful. Yeah. And there's no, you, there's no thought behind it. You know, it's just like, right. absolutely. I'm there for you. My friend is in Maine and she's a shepherdess. And, um, when the, we had the first last year, when we had our the first sheep, I had no idea what I was doing. Of course I was doing it. The sheep was, but because I made the mistake of being there, I was helicopter sheep mom. And she just got, kind of talked me down off the wall and said, just, leave it it's let it go now so it's kind of like when i had kids first when i'm freaking out and the second one, i'm like eh, they're fine <laughs> so that helped you know having somebody say they're going to be okay it's, it's all right and so this time around when we actually caught um our sheep having the baby on camera it was easier to sit back and go okay they know what they're doing it's good it's all okay and um but knowing that there's somebody there that you can call is is fabulous. That that's that's huge. It takes a lot of worry out of it. I think, you know, their phone call away. Absolutely. And you know, we were just saying it would be so nice if we could all get together. I do want to say that Casey and I have thrown the football back and forth a little bit about seeing if we can all get together for some kind of a meetup. It's difficult for Lisa and I because we're several hours away from everybody else. But we're thinking about maybe someday seeing if we can have something that's a little bit more Midwest centrally located. So if anybody's listening and you have some ideas, 
make sure you let one of us know because I think that's something we really want to see about putting together because we are like a little family now and it would be nice to have a little family reunion and um we've we've got some ideas so everybody you know put that feather in your cap think about it and keep us in mind that's absolutely Uh, you know what's funny is me and Monica have been talking uh, God, probably a couple months she was like oh Casey yeah I'm gonna be coming through Georgia this time let's meet up so I'm already girl I've planned dinner I've planned the lunch I've already planned where everybody's staying in the house I mean it's it's like a best friend is visiting that you haven't seen for years so I, I just think it's this community is amazing. And it is. Oh my and, you know, Jim, Jim and I, we're possibly planning a trip out Lisa's way. And I'm looking at Airbnb and it's like, do I get an Airbnb for two or four? Do we invite Lisa and Ryan over? If it's, you know, more than 50 miles away, we can all have a little slumber party and put, put a fire together. And, and I'm just planning all kinds of stuff. And anytime I travel anywhere, I think when I'm going down, if we go to Tennessee, it's like, can I get together with, with lady boots and Casey? I don't know, but it's, it actually has taken a part and it's rooted in my plans for my future future travels to include this group of homesteaders that, like you said, have become a part of your homestead social media foundation family. And it is so important. And you don't find that very often. It's rare. And I think we're all blessed to have been um, able to come into this, um, as Kadesh Farm says, kindred spirits. Absolutely. I know uh, Nikki, Nikki uh, had wanted to meet up with us when I had to go down to North Carolina for my mom. And Nikki, you have no idea how hard it was to say no, but I just needed to get back. And I knew you understood that. But yeah. Nikki was ready to meet me on the highway as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, but. I mean... It, it would have been an honor for me to be able to give you a hug and with what, everything that you were going through, I understand. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, there's no thought. It's just what you do. Yeah. So Nikki, for those of, uh, for those of the folks uh, listening to the podcast and in the chat that maybe aren't familiar with you, can you share a little bit of your story about your farm? Sure. Um, about 16 years ago, um, Mr. Blue Jeans and I, found each other and we blended our families and the one I think the one big pull for both of us was neither one of us um, enjoyed the life that we had uh, designed for ourselves and uh, spent oh, 12 years getting out of it <laughs> getting bills paid knowing that this is what we had wanted to do that we wanted to um, have a little a little farm grow some food uh, have a few animals and uh, just enjoy the um, you know, the rest of our time here on the on earth. And um, four years ago, it'll be five years this July, we ended up a little bigger than planned. We ended up with 60 acres. We ended up having the whole family show up. We have four generations now here on the farm. Um, and uh, kind of shocked when our kids said they wanted to come. And then my, my dad had passed and my mom said, I'm coming. So it, uh, it kind of turned into a bigger thing. Uh, but I come from a background of my grandma lived with us. So I learned to cook, can, garden, all these things at a really young age, sewing, which is my passion. Don't get me started. Um, those are things that I didn't even realize brought me to this lifestyle and made it a little easier for me. Uh, plus being stubborn and liking a challenge was huge because <laughs> you need those things. 
And um, so we we started off with two donkeys. Um, I started, I don't have a lot of patience, so <laughs> I didn't want to wait. And so I got the donkeys and they delivered, let's see, we finished two, about two hours before they showed up building the area for them to be in because um, I kind of jumped the gun and made that happen. So <laughs> one thing I've tried to learn is patience. That's That's been something. But yeah, we're all set up here. We've got uh, chickens, uh, ducks, guinea hens, uh, Katahdin sheep, the donkeys that I had mentioned, kunikunis, mangalistas, uh, dogs, <laughs> and uh, in May we'll have turkey. And I, I'm pretty sure that's that's it. We're um, animal wise. We're not looking to bring anything else in unless somebody has a peacock. If anybody has a peacock, they want to get rid of. Call me. <laughs> I want a peacock. <laughs> so the, th the thing that that I'm trying to learn this year is, I, you were talking about this, Monica. I want to grow hay. I don't have the first clue how to do this. So orchard grass is what we need because I want to be self-sufficient. I don't want to keep going to town to have to buy 400 bales of hay. So that's kind of huge for me. We ended up, we've got a tractor. I've, I've learned to drive it. Uh, and now I have to learn how to plant and and um, figure out how to do orchard grass hay. So that's kind of on the agenda this year. And then hopefully finishing our farmhouse and moving in. We're off grid. We're kind of a weird combination of both. My mom is in her, her mid 80s now. And we just didn't want to take her out of a life she had always had and, and plop her down here. And although she was she was game for it, it really just worked out better for her and our other daughter who moved here first. Um she works full time, so they wanted power. So I acquiesced and said, "Okay, power it is. I don't want it in my house. So we're going solar. We do not have power. I didn't want it. Um, and then we had to, we had to get water. Um, we didn't want to do that either. But we drilled a well. We had the world's worst water ever. There was no way to clean it. Um, it would have cost tens of thousands of dollars in order to do that. So we pulled in water." But again, I stopped my water outside the house. It's there if we need it. But I have a 2,500-gallon rain barrel um, water tank, and we're put, putting up gutters, and we'll be doing that. It's, it was the dream from the beginning, and I didn't want to abandon that. So we're we're off-grid on an on-grid farm. <laughs> Nikki, I think it's so cool that you, you said four generations, right, around the, yes. your land now? Mm -hmm. Because when we at Ormsby Farm decided to do this it will be well two generations but my mom is moving on to the land as well as my brother and his fiance are going to be building on the property oh, as wonderful. well um what I, my question to you is was everybody game when you threw this idea out to your family like your no. kids and you said your mother was <laughs> no well no because again it was 16 years ago that we had this crazy notion and 16 years ago the kids were much younger my mom and dad had their life in, in Nevada, you know, and we were like, we're going to go off grid. You want to come? <laughs> we're going to grow our own stuff. You know, uh, you mean animals? My dad uh, was from Canada. He had grown up on a farm. He did not want to have anything to do with that. He just did not like the farm life. So that was a no. The girls were busy being, you know, teenage, early 20 girls. They weren't interested in that. So we didn't expect what came down the pipe that many years later where everybody sort of changed um they were listening to our wild crazy dreams they were watching us build our library of books they were watching us learn um and 
they came to us and said, we, we want to come with you. So it was unexpected. That's so cool. I love that. It is. And it, it's funny how when you when you start on this journey, everybody does look at you like you're a little bit off kilter. Yeah. I know my family did when I was like, I want to be on a farm and I want to do all the things you're talking about, although we're not off grid. But now people are starting to come around and I would love every once in a while my kids throw it out there that maybe they'll just move on to the farm and we'll have, you know, three generations here on the farm. I'm all for it. They just have to pull the trigger and do it. But we've got a slab where they can build. They, they can do whatever they want. And we're just kind of waiting. We're kind of almost getting to the stage now where I might give them the house because they're still raising children and build, build Papa Jim and I a little tiny home over on the slab. I'd be perfectly fine out there in a little tiny home. So people just need to, to pull the trigger and get it going. And I'm all for it. So it's funny how the family starts coming together and realizing, you know, maybe mom and dad aren't off kilter a little bit. Maybe they're really onto something. So it's really neat that you have four generations there. You know, it's funny because I grew, like I said, I grew up, my grandma was living with us. So my parents had their own business and it worked out great. You know, she was there to watch me as, as a kid. But like I said, all the stuff that I had learned from her, from her really ended up applying later, uh, not even knowing that that's how we were going to end up living on a farm. And the cool part is now the girls are they're doing the same and my granddaughter. So I'm kind of doing what my grandma did because now on Fridays we have cooking class and I teach them how to make homemade French fries. And this year I'm going to attempt planting potatoes. So we're going to go from, from the potato to the house to how to make the French fry and all of that. And that's the stuff that I got when I was a kid. And I think that having your family close like this, I think that got destroyed there for a while. And I don't know yes. if you guys have noticed this, this but it, it's starting to come back now that families are coming back together. Yeah. You know, it was really neat that you mentioned that about the potatoes and the French fries, because I was able to have a really healthy crop of green beans this last year. And there was just something so special about sitting down with my granddaughter and snapping beans. And I just told her, just, just relax and just snap beans with grandma. It's a time honored tradition. And it's so neat that I'm hoping that's a memory she'll always have. She will. Long after I'm gone is snapping beans with grandma. That's exactly what I was going to say. She, Alicia, she will not forget that. And that's the cool part. I remember snapping beans with my grandma. And again, we were in the city, but she did all that. I remember she would do, we had figs. We had every plant imaginable in the backyard. We had pomegranates and figs and kumquats and all kinds of stuff. And um, she taught me how to do fig jam with paraffin wax on top and just all this stuff that I wish I had spent a little bit more time with her. You know, at a certain point, like 13, I'm like, I'm out of here. Should have yeah. there got more sewing lessons. <laughs> Y'all, I've been robbed. 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 I hear these grandma stories. I don't have I didn't have a grandma. Oh, Lisa. You can come I'll be your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can come do French fries with us, Lisa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think I think the really good point you're making though is, is that this is the essence of this wonderful community social media community that can be a positive is that when you don't have those experiences that you grew up with, um, you maybe don't have those experiences. Like Lisa said, she doesn't have those grandma stories. You can glean information from this type of community and then 
be the type of person that maybe you're missing or be that for somebody else. Because whereas you didn't have that experience, Lisa, you may be that aunt for someone or that grandma for someone one day on social media. I look at Sandy over at Suburban Homesteading Wyoming, Arizona, and she's like literally like uh, like I'm looking at her like she's my mom teaching me something different that my mom, you know, my, I have a mom, but my mom's not into homesteading. And so anytime Sandy says something, I'm like, yeah, right on. Like she's like, you know, she's like somebody teaching me something that um, I wish she was right here, but that's okay yeah. because she's right here in front of me and I can glean the information. And it's literally, my mind always goes to homeschooling and Nikki, what you're doing from potato to French fry is the essence of homeschool co-op teaching. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a great lesson. Like I need to, yeah. I need to put that in my homeschool co-op thing. No, it's true. My daughter, but like I said, both our girls are here and our oldest, Sammy, she's my right-hand person. After she homeschools Madison, my granddaughter, yeah. then we hit the garden or we do, we walk, we, you know, we'll walk around, we talk about the animals. So it's, it's inclusive that you get, you're not just reading the book about Charlotte's Web, you're walking out and seeing Charlotte's Web. And that and- is homeschooling. It's actual homeschooling. It's taking your real life experience. I am preparing children to go out into the world to be functioning adults, not some some computer that's going to just spit out information. My daughter was looking at algebra the other day and she's like, am I going to use this? And I'm like, this, yes. Some of the other stuff, no girl. So the stuff that I'm looking through on the books and she's a senior, so she's going to graduate in a few years and she's, I'm a few months and she's looking and she's like, am I going to need this? I was like, no, skip that chapter. I mean, (laughs) That's my homeschool. I'm probably like the worst homeschool mom ever. But the thing is, is that real world is what I need to give my children now so they can function in the real world, not so they can just get out there and say, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't read that in a book. Yeah. No I think tra- trade schools fell off there for a while. I think it's unfortunate because you need the mechanics of this world. You know, you yeah. need you need these people, you need the butchers, you need these things. And um, the cool thing about all of you and, and YouTube and all of this is, I don't know if anybody's looking at this, like you're getting free mentorship here. You're, you can look through a variety of people, you know, when you click with somebody and, yep. and typically you end up when you click with them, actually having conversations with them. Where else do you get free mentorship like this? nowhere it's really something and and like you were saying monica between homeschooling and having this vast variety of people that you can either count on or 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 learn from um home homesteading is certainly easier for those of us now with with this than let's say coming across with with a covered wagon and showing up and plopping down and getting things started this when i think about our forefathers this is a breeze Sure. Absolutely. Well, not only do you have the mentorship, you have the mentorship and the friendship and the community. And and there's just, there's all these spokes to that wheel that fit into the hub that we're all fortunate to be a part of. No, absolutely. It's a lot easier to grab your phone and call someone when you're standing in the garden and say, can you see? Almost like lady boots. Um, can I leave my cabbage? It's getting ready to like super freeze. And she's like, it's fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Sure. She's like, it's good. Mine survived the polar vortex last year. I'm like, cool, got it. I mean, like that was so nice to be able because otherwise I'm standing there with my phone in the, in the, you know, in the garden, looking through my search on YouTube. Can I leave cabbage for free? Will cabbage? And so it was really nice to be able to like, Hey, it's Monica question for you real quick. That was 
it just made me feel so yeah. good to know that I could reach out to someone that has good gardening knowledge. I didn't have to Google it for a minute or search it. I was like, hey girl, I need your help. So I got a question for you guys, because coming into this, the one thing I thought I was going to um, enjoy, and it's actually become more of a stumbling block thing I'm learning to enjoy, is gardening. When you came into this, did you have gardening know-how and knowledge, or were you like me and just starting from scratch? Casey, no? Anybody? No. Lady Boots did. She had the knowledge. Okay. And see, see, that's why... Most of us usually like blow up Lady Boots' phone on gardening <laughs> Good questions. <to> know. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. she is the go-to twinsy of the the Casey's because I think I texted you what two days ago, Lady Boots, and I was like, okay, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to put this in or if I'm supposed to start this from seed. She's like, oh yeah, 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 you're fine, girl. Just it's okay, it's all right. Just wait until April. So it's nice to have. Am I muted? No, you're good. Oh, I thought I, I thought I was muted. You know, my AirPods, y'all, are not my best friend today. Um, but no, it, when Monica said Googling it, you know, you actually get better advice from having friends that have done it. They've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, yep. than Googling it. Because you can't Google experience. You That's can't exactly Google experience. Exactly. You cannot. Yep. I yep. looked up, I can't remember exactly what I was looking up garden-wise. I think it was about potatoes, and I Googled it because I had texted a couple people on Instagram um, and I, I was impatient and it had been like three minutes. I'm like, ah, nobody's responding. So <laughs> I Googled it and the Google answer compared to uh, when Carmen from Jesus Love and Homestead actually emailed me back was totally wrong. And I'm like, yes. oh, I'm going to trust Carmen. I'm yeah, going to go see. with Carmen's response. That's that's the problem that we had with our chickens, right? It's like the the percentage of the the protein in the feed, and I was talking about this Friday night. It's like our chickens did not look good, and it wasn't molting at that time. They looked horrible, and it was the percentage of the protein. You know, you Google it; they all say sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. Right now, and you know, what's that, Casey? We do twenty two percent. Well. We'd done 16%. We had polar vortex last year. No problem. Now I've got a bunch of them. They're on 21% because I couldn't find 18. But that's, I've actually found a layer. But there's a good example of you're Googling and you're finding one thing and then you're asking somebody and you're getting another. Yeah. Yes. I I think it's it's comparable. It's comparable. Everything that we're learning is comparable to having that aunt or that grandma or that mother where when you're a new mother, yeah, you can Google about (laughs) little things that you're dealing with with your children, but it's so much better to have somebody that's been through raising children and can give you sound advice. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the things that I learned from my mother-in-law, you're not going to find on Google and they work tried and true. So I think that's kind of how I am. I am looking at what we're saying right now is it's like having that family member or that very close friend that can say, I've been there, I've done it. But to answer your question, Nikki, I, I know my first year of gardening, I just, it's kind of like I just kind of threw it out there and saw what stuck. And okay. then I learned from there. Okay. Yeah, I and I will not be the- planting cucumbers this year. Oh my God. I did 80 plants last year. It was so stupid. <laughs> it was my first time starting seeds. I was totally, in- I composted when we were living in Wisconsin and got that down and really enjoyed the process. And, and my daughter, Sammy, is going to start doing uh, worms, a little worm farm. That's that's her project. Um, so mm-hmm. that was cool. And I thought, well, there's, this is going to be easy. And then, boy, let me tell you, when it came to starting the seeds and all of that. But 
So I started a bunch because I didn't have confidence in myself and all 80 of them started. So I was an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't kill these. So I planted them. And I had what I called the zucchini of plants because nobody, they saw me come in with cucumbers and everybody's like, we're done. We don't want another, no more cucumbers. Thank you very much. <laughs> so this year I'm planting eight. <laughs> Learn my lesson. I'm only planting them so I have extra treats for the chickens. I There's no room in my pantry for any more cucumber anything. I've yeah. got so many varieties of pickles in there and relishes. <laughs> But I will plant them for the chickens. Uh, this is my big beans. Alicia, <laughs> it's funny because me and you were actually talking about that when I was planning out my garden. Um, I said, oh, I think I'm going to do four rows of eight plants, each row of cucumbers. And Alicia goes, are you crazy? Don't do it. But yes, I am crazy. I am crazy. Don't <laughs> so you saw, you saw my cucumber video and that was only four plants. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, I would wow. go out in the morning to let the chickens out and there would be a little cucumber like this. I'd go back to put them in at nighttime and they'd already be this big. They grow during the day like crazy. Uh -huh. And I would harvest and turn around and I'd have to harvest again. And I couldn't process them fast enough. I'm chucking yep. them to the chickens while I'm yep. cutting them into pickles. Yeah. Well, Alicia, I just wanted to touch on this one comment that I saw in the um, in the comments to all of us on the panel. Um, but it said that I'm too nervous to contact anybody, um, especially the ones that are on the panel for any kind of help. Um, and said again, because they make me all nervous and don't want to feel stupid. OK, I want to touch on never feel like you're going to be stupid if you email any of us. That word's, not, that, that word's not allowed in our vocabulary. We, um, most, all of us are very approachable. Please feel free to email, text, throw something at us for <laughs> a question. Um, I, I just, that makes me sad that somebody feels yeah. that, that they we can't started, ask questions. We all started somewhere. Mm -hmm. We all have to ask questions. We're Absolutely. still asking questions. I, I'm every day. Still asking and, questions. And there's certain people that have strengths in other places. Like I could teach, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm hoping to do later this year on YouTube. I, like I said, my sewing is really my passion. So I'm, I'm going to start to do some mending things. I think on the homestead, you're going to need to fix a sock. You're going to have to fix that hole. You're going to need to be able to put a button on your, your clothing. And I, I think the more, the more people are willing to ask the questions so we can share and get that information out there, the better it is because each one, each and every one of you has your strengths and, and you're here willing to share. That's huge. Definitely take advantage. All right, y'all social worker and me here for just a minute. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. Bam. Remember that if you're asking for help, it's a good thing. It's when you don't ask for help and you screw up because you were too stubborn, right? Just do it. And the thing is, is asking that question for help, you're going to get the guidance you need. And even if you, you come up a little short, you're still making progress. If you don't reach out for that help, and then you fail, like Lisa says, and you screw up, then you're just going to feel defeated and you're not going to try again. So you've got a community that is willing to help you get through those times. I just want to address what's on the screen there. Midnight Farmhouse says um, she thought all of us bite, and that's why we're not a person. I just want to assure her I don't bite hard. Oh, <laughs> I'm 
I'm coming for you. Say, I'll just say I don't bite anything unless it tastes like a Cheeto puff. So, uh, Leanna, no worries. Just wow. <laughs> but no, that's why we created this podcast is for people to learn from our. We have tons of experience combined. Trials and and tribulations. Right. And so if you feel like you have a question, all of us have social media. Just FYI, we have a QR code if you're not following us on social media um, to reach out. I I think all of our email addresses are on our YouTube. So... I just want to mention um, Pine Tree Hill said the problem is that those in need of help do not wish to be a bother to those who may be able to help. I'm going to speak for myself. You can message me if I'm busy. I'm not answering you. But when I get to it, I will take the time to give you a thoughtful response. It's not bothering me because I have the power not to answer when I'm in the middle of something. Yep. Right. That's just normal, healthy boundaries. So it's not a bother at all. Head Family Farm is here. Head Family Farm helped me out immensely when I had an issue with my chickens. Erin at Bramble Hill in Canada has helped me out immensely. I don't, Monica and Eric, I don't expect them to drop everything to help me. I know they have a busy life, but when I need something, they respond and I will do the same to anybody. So it's fine. And if you, if you contact someone and maybe that's not their wheelhouse, they might not, they might know somebody they can refer you to. And that person might be able to assist you. And it's not a bother because a lot of, um, a lot of us enjoy sharing what we have learned, even whether it's, whether it's trial or by tribulation, we enjoy sharing that. So it's, it's not a bother, but don't take it personally. If it does take a while for somebody to get back with you because we do have our homestead lives and we have our families and we have, you know, other social obligations. And so we might not be able to answer right away, but please don't think of it as a bother. Yeah. But also don't wait until you are in dire need of information. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you see something is changing, something is coming, go mm-hmm. ahead and try to learn and get in front of it. Before it's like, oh my God, my pigs don't went down. What do I do now? Well, you knew she was sick for two weeks. Why didn't you ask? You know, you've got to ask. Yes, she called us last night at 10 o'clock helping her with Femora. We're here. We will be able to help you, you know, with anything. And if not, we will direct you somewhere. But don't wait until the last minute until you need an answer right then because people may not be available. Ask and learn along the way so that you are ready as well. And I'm an open book. Y'all have my contact information. You can get with me anytime, as well as any of these ladies and Casey on here. You know, we're, we're an open book. We will share anything that will help you be a more successful person in life. And I think the the other thing, you brought up a really good point, Casey. You know, it's like when I was talking earlier about Eric and Monica being willing to call and talk to me, that was just a good example of how, I really didn't need to talk to them. So why should I take away from their time? But when Grant was in there and they were fighting and all that, like we handled it, you know what I'm saying? But, but it was the other stuff that I was talking to her about the signs of heat and all that stuff and the things that I was seeing behaviorally, you know, that was a helpful conversation. And then I knew that they had to go, they had plans, 
but it's like you just figure stuff out on your own too. Right. And I think it's like what Lisa, what Lisa um, hinted to earlier is just make sure you set up healthy boundaries. Don't text somebody or instant message somebody at three in the morning saying, Hey, when you have time, can I have that pickle recipe? You know, <laughs> make sure, make sure you respect the boundaries um, and, and, and keep it to where the wheelhouses are. If we can help you with that. Um, just, just like Lisa said, set up those healthy boundaries. Well, don't forget, we have social media for Around the Hay Bale. <clears throat> so if you're interested in reaching out to one of us and you don't know personally or you don't, you're afraid to reach out individually, you know, we have, if you hit that QR code up there, um, we have an Instagram page where you can DM the group. And if one of us can't particularly help you, the other one may be available. You know, if I'm busy with schoolwork for my kids and Lisa's available because she's hanging out doing something, she could probably answer. So it's a great way to get a group of resources. Also, there's a great Facebook page. Maybe you don't do Instagram. There's a great Facebook page called Homesteading 101 that um, Casey had set up and we're on there too. And the thing is, is that there's a group where you can go to. There's all kinds of resources that if you're afraid to reach out to individually us, there are other resources that you can reach out to. But again, we're a group and we're on Instagram and um, I believe Facebook. And so there's always a place to reach out to us and someone can get back to you. It may not be with that minute, Casey, uh, Orangeby Farms likes to, you know, hey, I need an answer right the second. But like Lady Hood <laughs> said, sometimes you just give it a I second. Do. 30 <laughs> seconds. Why isn't somebody paying attention? <laughs> set, a, set a boundary, Casey. <laughs> I, was, I was in that potato conversation, Casey. I just couldn't have, I couldn't type anything. And then he was like, and then Carmen came back in and I'm like, oh, great. Now I look like the slacker that ignored Casey. <laughs> Well, Nikki, I want to know before we kind of let you off the hook here on Round the Hay Belt, do you have any questions for us before we say goodbye? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I would love to know, uh, what did you do before homesteading? So what oh. was the thing that you were doing? Because homesteading takes a lot. I see Lady Boots is saying homesteading. homesteading. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> this is my life. So I, I was a paraprofessional. I worked with I worked with special needs students in um, in the public school setting for many many years before we pulled up stakes and moved to the Midwest. Oh wow! Never looked back. Best decision ever. Fabulous! You definitely uh, learned patience. That's a, <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> something you need on homesteading for sure. I was an actor, so I was far off of any thought of homesteading <laughs> hair flip huh? um no i was a city boy city boy acting la that's where i thought my life was gonna go and then i discovered living traditions homestead and they have changed my entire life because of watching a video on sugar cookies so that was so. your turning that was your turning point it's something i don't know something about it just I, me and Monica talk about it all the time. I always felt a void in my life doing acting. And I just thought it was because I wasn't getting the right role. And then I started hearing about this homesteading thing and it, you know, it was getting popular on YouTube. Um, so I was like, okay, let me just tune in and see what it is. And it felt like just, and these are bigger channels that, you know, I don't always follow now, um, but filled that void in my soul and my spirit that I needed. And I was like, see, this is what God has pushed me to continue is to do this. And all four of us in the family now could not be happier. None of us would have thought 
farming, homesteading would be something that we would do. And now all of us were like, oh my God, I want to learn how to do this. Let's learn how to make our own soaps, candles, and sewing. I learned, me and Nikki have talked about sewing all the time. So that's where I was. What about the rest of you? I mean, we always talked about it. We did gardening all the time. And then we just always had property that wouldn't accommodate it, but it fit the budget. Um, and then um, before I retired, I, I was a mental health, licensed mental health and addictions counselor. So did a lot of supervising and clinical director work. Um, but now just doing this. But when we moved out here, it was really um, events in the world that led us to be really worried and concerned. And it really pushed us to focus on this versus letting life take it away all the time, if that makes sense. Um, we only have two acres, but we had buildings here. And so that's what started with chickens. And we're still looking for other land. I don't think it'll happen, but we're still looking. But land is pretty expensive out here now. Hmm. We still live it, in a Pro, it's gone up a huge percentage, over 50% since yeah. when we moved out here. Yeah. Well, that was a great question for all of us, Nikki. Thank yeah. you so much. And um, we're all grateful in the homesteading community for the American Craft Catalog and how you all give back to the community. Thank you very much. And y'all be sure to scan the QR code to get your copy of the first edition of the American Crafted Catalog. We want to hear from you guys. So let's chat some homesteading and see, do any of you guys have any questions for Nikki? Go ahead and start typing that in. And while you're doing that, be sure to press the letter Q before sending your comment or question so that our moderators or so that the hosts can see that. Well, Nikki, I'll give you a little bit of the background um, from myself, just because I, I grew up in it. Um, I grew up with my my dad's family and saying that they were all farmers. We had the big white two-story farmhouse my grandparents lived in. When we get together, we have 75 to 100 people all together at family functions for their side of the family. I mean, it was really big and it always has been and we've only multiplied since then. But we still farm the same land, and we do some some family share crops um, where we we all pitch in and grow big crops of something, and then we all split it. Mm -hmm. You know, because I live in the city, I live on a third of an acre, and I do everything I can here. But my dad also has land, and my cousins have land, and we all share and provide different things. So don't think, you know, if you're just if you're new and you don't have land and stuff like that, think about, you know, helping out a farmer to see if you can split some stuff or go in with a bunch of friends together. Say, I'll grow this. You grow that. You grow that. And let's grow this. And then we'll all swap around and stuff like that. But growing up, that's what I had to do was I, we worked in the garden. We had five acres of watermelons and cantaloupe and we, you know, we sold that out to the public and, we just had it all figured out, you know, because that's all my family ever did was they lived off the land. They had their animals and that was it. It was also back in the day when people had extra children 
and like rented them out to other farmers yes. so they could help the other families. I have cousins that have different last names because they were loaned off to this other family and they took on their name. And so my kids are like, we're kin to them? How in the world are they kin to us? We don't even have the same name. You know, I've never even met them. And I'm, I have to explain to them how it happened. And, you know, so stuff like that back in the day did happen. But me growing up, that's that's all I was used to. And my cousins, we still butcher all of the meats. And, you know, and it, it's really a neat process. My family, it was funny because when I was growing up, my friends would come to my house and they were just so fascinated that my daddy had horses and he drove wagons and carried children around the fields. And it's stuff they never participated in. And growing up we have gotten away from that so much and now my children are bringing their friends over and they're seeing our stuff and I'm like this is what my friends felt like because I'm seeing my children's friends faces but on the other hand I'm also a nurse (laughs) I'm a full-time nurse I'm an EMT I'm a licensed massage therapist and so uh, I'm all in the medical field so if you ever need any medical help I'm also here for that too so I'm I consider myself a Jill of all trades, a master of none. Just like they've told us in nursing school, you've got to know something about everything and everything about something. So that's a little bit of my background. (laughs) That's really cool. I mean, that's well-rounded to have the medical background on top of everything else. That's really neat. Yes, that was my passion. My apologies to Casey for moving on before she was able to share that. Because when she said homesteading, that's kind of what I do. I thought, well, I thought that was her answer. So my apologies, Casey. If you, were, if you were close enough to me, you'd be in my bag for sure. I'd be like, I want her in my group. What? We yeah. I said, about- if, you were, if you were closer to me, you would be in my mag. You would be like, I'd be like, she's in my group. That's my group. When you talk yeah. about sending children out to other places, it really makes a lot of sense now about my childhood because it seemed like my older brothers were always trying to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call Casey the next time I, I need stitches because now I got a suture kit. I'm just going to call her and have her walk me through it. There you go. <laughs> you need to make sure you teach her FaceTime and all the technology first, and that way she can properly FaceTime. Right. Hi, I'm afraid I'm going to fall in the future. So um, before this happens, can we practice a couple of FaceTimes? Yeah. That way, yeah. on the fly, you can be like, I got you. <laughs> I'm an open book. <laughs> I don't do technology. <laughs> but you're doing I so good. Chat. I see a lot of chatter over in the chat, but I don't see any specific questions. So guys, we've only got a little bit of time left. Make sure if you have a question specifically for Nikki over at Five Dog Farm, um, or for any of us for that matter, make sure you put it over in the chat so we can address that before we say goodbye, because our time is almost to an end. Okay, Nikki, I have a question for you. Um, not really a question, more of a request. Um, I was wondering if you would have um, in the future any egg aprons that you might be um, uh, creating and having up for your um, for sale. I do have an egg apron. Um, I started creating them back when we were living in Wisconsin. Uh, coming to raw land, we bought 60 acres of raw land and, and creating the farmstead sort of put my sewing and my store on the back burner. Um, but I already have a pattern that I created for that. And hopefully summer of this year, you'll see that. Okay. Um, I also have several more of the five tier ruffle uh, aprons coming out. One will have sort of a gardening pattern. 
Um, and I also have a men's apron that I do. I love ticking. I love old fashioned fabrics. Um, and I have a lot of ticking. So I have, it sort of looks like a, those, um, it's just a very simple barbecue apron, but, but uh, it has pockets for your, your tools and things that you would use at a barbecue. So you'll be seeing those come out as well as reusable napkins and paper towels and, and swippers and dusters and other things that I make. I've got most of my photos in right now, and it's just a matter of um, getting on and, and getting it uploaded. My mom kind of took a turn um, with her health here recently. So the remainder of time that I had had to, to do things like that and upload the store has sort of been set aside because uh, she's needing a little bit of care right now. Uh, so it is it is coming, but a little bit later than I had hoped for. But the store at fivedog.farm is my website, um, is is there. And a lot of the reusables I talked about are already there, plus my beeswax wraps. Good. So I, in addition to the website, sorry, Monica. That's okay. I was going to say, in addition to the website, I think if I'm reading between the lines, I think in the next American Crafted Catalog, you might be seeing some egg aprons possibly wink, wink. <laughs> well I like the idea of a men's barbecue apron because we don't we wouldn't use it for um, barbecue we would use it more for a processing because any aprons that have pockets you can use for processing Eric has a shirt now he just calls the kill shirt because it's the shirt that has like all the stains on it from uh -huh. processing animals yeah so he doesn't use that shirt often it stays in the, and then we pull the kill shirt out and right. um but i would love to have a nice i did he did invest in a butcher apron but it's real heavy and so yeah. a nice cotton apron that yeah. people use for barbecuing is actually more up my alley and so i've kind of been in the process of looking for that but if i know that you're going to have maybe a barbecue apron um yeah. i might wait and hold off because you know his birthday's in november i can wait till then oh, perfect. Maybe, yeah, we're maybe good. by the end of the year i can uh, invest in a nice apron for him that's a you know dual purpose because well, i'm gonna put that on my list i already i have the, the model already made um and a lot of this stuff i had done i really I um, didn't even think about a store. I was just making things and giving them to friends and relatives. And everybody kept saying, you you know, you should sell this because I, I take my sewing very seriously. So I have a I have nine sewing machines. I have a, also a serger. I have two treadle machines. I have a one horsepower um, sewing machine that I, I did have the pleasure of running my finger through once. Um, but uh, I used to have a, a business where I uh, made and sold dog collars and leashes. So I needed strong machines. And you'll be seeing that come back as well uh, in time, the dog collars, leashes, and, and bandanas that I did. Um, so I look at it, and, and I know all of you do with any product that you put out or even what you're doing on YouTube, is that's you're giving a part of you, and you want it to be right, and you want it to be good. And I think that's the other thing about through local and homestead these people have put their soul into it you're getting a little bit of love with that and you don't get that when you walk into a big box store it's true exactly. it makes such a difference and it makes you thankful for the person you got it from too because like i was using my canning mat yesterday and every time i pull my canning mat out that i got from alicia i'm like this is my canning mat from country mama musings but it makes me feel like i'm like so excited when i put my cans on there my jars and you know they're oh, cooling I'm glad and the kids, used. the kids yeah the kids run their fingers <laughs> along it and they're like this is really nice who made this and I'm like my friend and see, but it's just, it's, it makes the the, cool. the person creating it you feel so good that somebody has said your stuff looks great I want to buy that from you and then they come back and they come back and it's just such a, a, a wonderful feeling that that, um, that you can have return customers and people who really want your things and appreciate what what you put into them yeah, I see so some questions question. up there, Casey. 
Yeah, we have a question over here. It says, what would be the best way to start when you live in the city? So many choices, gardening, dehydrating, canning, all those things. What do you think? If you could give one way to start, if you live in a town or a small or a city, what's the first thing? What would you give? What would be your one recommendation just to start? I started uh, not in on a farm at all. I started in the city. And the first thing I did was learn my food preserving skills because I could do that in the house easy. So I invested in an inexpensive um, food dehydrator. I went to the store and bought stuff in bulk. And when I felt comfortable with dehydrating, I moved on to the scary canning. I was scared to death of canning. Now, I'd see my grandma do it, and I was little, and I got to put the fig jam in the jar, but I never really did it. And then when you get older, you realize if I jump out the door, I could break my leg, whereas a kid, you're just doing it anyway. And I realized with this canner, I could create a giant mess. <laughs> so, or, or you know, you're, I think the first thing everybody thinks is, I could kill somebody if I don't do this right. Um, the, the rules are simple, and if you follow them, you can do it. So I would say invest in an inexpensive um, dehydrator to start. Do it during the winter. It'll keep your room nice and warm. <laughs> Just don't do onions. Um, and and start there and get. <laughs> I did. I'm just saying. Um, it was it was something. Um, so you'll get that sense of success. And as you start, then you build up to canning, and then you build up to pressure canning. That was the next scary step I took was pressure canning. And I love it. I love pressure canning. And then lastly, I ended up uh, being able, fortunately, we got a freeze dryer. And I have not stopped that thing for a month. It is going and going. So that's what I would say. Just right. start. And, and in the city, you can start learning how to preserve that food. But you can also do just some simple container gardening in five-gallon buckets. And you can get enough to just sustain a meal here or there. You don't have to worry about no. preserving it, but you can enjoy that bounty while you're learning about how to start your seedlings and how to, you know, say pinch back certain uh, vegetable plants so you'll get more uh, productive plant out of it. There are just little things you can do. You don't have to think big and you don't have to have a big place to start. Even if you're in the city and you're in an apartment, and you have a little balcony, you can start with just some little container gardens. So get the, the stackables from Dollar Tree. And, Absolutely. You know, just do herb. Just do herb. Yeah. There's lots of things you can start with. So there's also a question in the in the chat. I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's also a question in the chat about Nikki. Did you enjoy the day off for your birthday this weekend? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, yes. <laughs> the kids had, had asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said I I really have everything I need. There's there's nothing that I need. Um, and they said, well, what if we do all the cooking and dishes and take care of the animals, and you just take a day off? And that was great. Except <laughs> I got used to it really quick. <laughs> so uh, this morning when I got up, I thought, oh, the dishes. <laughs> They're there. We don't have a dishwasher. We just do it by hand. Um, so, yes, it, it was wonderful. My family was great to me. Well, That's happy awesome. birthday, Nikki. You. And, you know, um, I just really want to encourage everybody, if you've got these questions, like we said before, reach out to someone in the homesteading community on YouTube or social media. You can get the answers you're looking for. If you've enjoyed topics here on Round the Hay Bale, be sure to scan the QR code on the screen to download the previous episodes and so much more. Also, learn more about our sponsor for the Hay Bale American Crafted Catalog, which began with one simple question. Is there a place to buy goods online from small farms and homesteads? 
The innocent question came from Brandy from Farm Animals, and by the end of the day, the homesteading community was at work. The ACC believe that working together as a community gives us a louder voice in the marketplace, and they are delighted to bring you the first edition of the catalog. For more information on American Crafted Catalog, visit the QR code on the screen. And also we have the sponsor from MySoilTesting.com. Yes, My Soil Soil Test Kit is a start to finish solution for the DIY and professional community. Their team has successfully combined predictive soil testing technologies. With an easy to use customer experience that assists in improving soil and plant health, while effortlessly guiding sustainable practices. Their goal is to guide users in perfecting their soil to grow the healthiest plants possible. To grab one of your own at-home soil tests, go to www.mysoiltesting.com. And be sure to use our promo code MYSOIL22 for 10% off of your kit. And again, be sure to hit that QR code. All of that information is there as well as events that we all have going on. So be sure to check that out. Also, make sure to catch up on all the previous episodes on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thank you to all y'all's support on our first season of Round the Hay Bale. Now, all of our episodes will be on rerun all through March and before the, before our second season is released. Season two, we will be pre-recording our podcast and releasing them exclusively on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify every Monday starting in April. But don't worry, you'll be able to watch our episode teasers every Monday right here on YouTube. Exciting, exciting. All right, friends, thanks again for stopping by the hay bale. Thanks again to Nikki from Five Dog Farms for joining us and be sure to press that thumbs up and subscribe. Tune in next week to see all of our favorite moments of season one. Goodbye, friends. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.